0: Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host, Reverend Mark Kieslin, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we continue our youth gathering starter pack with an episode about preparing your group for the 2022 LCMS Youth Gathering.
1: We are continuing our gathering starter pack of episodes as you prepare for the 2022 LCMS Youth Gathering. These will be released throughout June to help kind of kickstart your planning process with some key information. And then we'll release more episodes geared towards the gathering throughout the next year as you prepare to join us in Houston. Even if you aren't coming to the gathering, we hope these can be helpful pieces for you in planning for really any large youth event. Now, I don't think I realized before I joined the LCMS Youth Ministry staff just how far in advance youth gatherings are planned and really how much and how many volunteers go into planning for that five days of time together. Uh, Yes, there's a gathering every three years, but each gathering takes far more than three years even just to plan. So, Mark, I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to ask you to give us a little insider info. How long does it take for our staff and volunteers to plan a gathering?
0: Yes, we get asked often why don't we do this every year oh no 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 <laughs> and it's a good question and we wish we could <laughs> gather the churches together every year but because of the amount of planning that does go in finding cities that can host it that type of thing is yes every three years and to give a little bit of like the, how much goes into that planning process is we actually start the kind of cycle and process five years before a previous event and that's usually when we've gotten our agreement with our city where we're taking the event. And then Krista, our gathering registrar, will immediately start contracting some of the larger hotels in the city. Um, so we have that important groundwork laid well before the previous event is even over. Certainly, if you've been to a gathering, you know that we try to announce the next host city at the event. And they're, they are usually um, present in our youth booth and are there to talk about the city and to make connections with our participants. Um, usually, that's our convention and visitors bureau who does that part for us. And so that's always an exciting time for us to start gearing ahead towards the next one. Then really about 2.5 years out before the gathering, we usually start and have that thematic selection meeting. And that really kickstarts the process with our planning teams and starting to live in the theme and the selected scripture and developing it. And we've got our volunteer groups like ambassadors and young adult volunteers who start about a year and a half to a year out so they can go through their process, make connections and prepare for the event so that we're ready to go when the time comes. So yeah, it's Big parts, a good two and a half years of planning. But again, we already got the groundwork a good five years out, which is always a, a fun thing to juggle when you're planning one of those events.
1: Yeah, but no, we're not allowed to tell you what we know about the secret stuff that goes on in those <laughs> in those two years re- between gatherings, but uh, but yeah, so exciting. And, and for congregations, uh, their planning process is obviously a lot mm-hmm. different, right? So some congregations are taking the full three years in between a gathering to prep and some take as, as little as like maybe even just five or six months in, mm-hmm. ter- in terms of their planning. So most congregations are just getting started about now in their planning. And there's a lot that goes into a congregations planning as well and Absolutely. bringing a group to the gathering. Uh, we don't want people to be overwhelmed, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we want you to have the information you need to know, the key things you need to know and have in your mind as you're preparing. What is it that you need to do in advance to make sure your gathering experience is a great one? To talk with us today about preparing your group, we have DCE Annie Anderson. She is serving in the East Valley of Phoenix as a DCE, and in 2022 will be her eighth gathering. Uh, this cycle, she's serving as a planner on our adult leader Resource team, so we're excited to have her with us today. Thanks, guys. So, Annie, you've brought groups to the gathering in the past. Obviously, what is the most exciting part of preparing for a gathering, and maybe what aspects of planning might not be your favorite?
2: Yeah, I love national youth gatherings, and the LCMS youth gathering is so stinking important for all of our students. And so, my favorite, favorite, favorite part um, is the relationships that we get to build with our students, Um, seeing them build relationships with adults and Also, then with their peers, Um, the group bonding, the togetherness that you can see on a trip like this can be so wonderful. I think in a world where it seems like there are so many differences that tear us apart, right? Um, Now, that's not to say that there's never, ever teenage group drama on a trip like this. (laughs) And there is, and you've got to prepare yourself for it. But there's so much potential for growth um, in their faith and in their community as a whole. So that's my favorite part. Um, My not-so-favorite part of the gathering planning, honestly, um, is the fundraising because it can be so overwhelming and challenging to get your congregation to really buy into why why should we be giving money to this one-time event. Um, And yet, when you're able to really explain to the congregation the faith growth, the community growth, the lifelong lasting faith growth that really happens with these kids, it's entirely worth it. So um, there is a ton of planning that goes into the congregational side of things for a trip like this, but it's so worth it.
0: We're so thankful for you and your team taking some time in this gathering planning process to impart your wisdom for us and providing that and working as a team to come up with resources that help adult leaders plan. And one of those key ones is you created a 15th month timeline to prepare for the gathering. What are some of the key dates people need to remember as they're making those steps to July of 2022? Yeah,
2: first one is November 1st. That is the first postmark date for all the paperwork. Um, That's a date that you want to just highlight on your calendars, um, remind yourself in your phone to make sure everything is postmarked that date. Um, I've always been a big fan of that, getting it right in right off the bat that there is, I don't wait, I don't, we, we just get it right in there. Um, and then uh, that every month just be a reminder that there's a Facebook Live for information and for questions so uh, make sure you're a part of the Facebook group
1: yes and you can also look on that calendar to see when gathering podcasts are going to drop and what those uh, when you can be looking for those so we have a great combination this year of being able to update things both on the website and in a Facebook Live and on the podcast are going to be the kind of three key ways that we're going to communicate with you Uh, so you want you to make sure to be uh, tracking each one of those and hopefully if you're doing that uh, you're gonna hear us tell you about key dates yeah. <laughs> like November 1st uh, there's gonna be time in advance of that for you to be able to to prepare look at paperwork that kind of thing uh, as you look at the registration book mark are there any ending deadlines that we need to think about
0: uh, definitely want to be thinking of probably as you're preparing your group is that we do have a price increase that comes in March um, for your registration rate. And then we're really kind of gearing for the time of May to be when all the last kind of additions and things get added into your registration. Then we have a little bit of a window too, where we allow for substitutions, but really kind of looking for that May time when your last registrations would be in to secure your hotels and all that kind of stuff that happens. And then we'll have hotel assignments along the way in the spring of 2022 as well. So you can start to plan that out uh, too. So you know where you'll be located, who will, how many rooms you'll have that type of thing.
1: Yeah. So you should track kind of what are hard and fast deadlines mm-hmm. that come from our office and and information inf- pieces that when they'll come out. But other than that, like you can be really flexible with mm-hmm. how, with when you host your meetings. We even say that on yep. the timeline, right? Um, it might be where you say like, hey, actually this meeting could just be an email. Everybody yep. loves that, yep. right? <laughs> like if I could do one less... <laughs> Or actually need to add another meeting on because for whatever reason, yeah. fundraising is going differently than we expected or whatever. Um, so we want to, you to be flexible in your timeline, um, depending on what works for your group. But there's also some hard and fast deadlines that we have that you can see on the website.
0: And we're hoping too you brought up the ways we're going to be communicating and his team doing such a great job of it, too. That we hope that again we are um, freeing up time so we can build those relationships that Annie talked about. That's really where your focus can be. We hope we make this process as easily as easy as possible, um, so that the logistics side of it is something that we hope we give you good information for, because that's really the important thing is that you're getting to connect with your youth, um, teaching them the faith, and showing them that they've got adults who care for them.
1: Yeah, and so, Annie, to that point, you wrote uh, some very basic agendas for the group meetings leading up to the gathering. Uh, and these meetings can be very helpful to make sure that your whole group's on the same page. They have the same information and that you're building those relationships, right? So what are some key things to remember when you are hosting a planning meeting for your group? Yeah.
2: So I like to start our, our gathering planning about 18 months before the gathering happens. Um, so about a year and a half in, then I'll start to have like the first meeting where I will try to get as many kids and parents there as possible. And I want them to just look around and see who is of their own age, if they don't even know it. Because for some reason, this event tends to bring people out of the woodwork um, from, from our churches. You know, that they, you've got kids that aren't necessarily actively involved every single week that want to be a part of this event, because this event has such a rich history in our church body. And so I think that um the first thing that you got to do is icebreakers um, and games and certain things to get your kids to start to know each other. Right. So whenever you start that, that beginning moment of, Hey, look around, you've got more friends than you maybe thought you did in this youth group to, that want to come to this, this event that um, you want to come to this event, because um, I think that there's always such incredible potential in friendships um when you these kids see other kids in their congregation that they might not always see on a daily or weekly basis even um and it entirely depends on your context and your area i know i've got 22 high schools that feed into our high school youth ministry and so m- the majority of my kids wow. do not go to school together um and so it's just it, providing them that opportunity to say here are other christian teenagers just like you um let's play some games and get to know each other Mm -hmm. Um, and taking that first step at those first couple of meetings to really do that is huge. Um, And then I would say in all honesty, I love getting kids involved in the decision-making process for the gathering itself. Um, So like, because we are a larger church, um, and I've served churches that have small youth groups and, and large youth groups. um, But I really value the small group atmosphere of being able to divide my group into a few small groups with an adult leader that they also build a relationship with. Um, And they get to then make some decisions for the whole group of, you know, where are we going to eat dinner on Monday night? Where are we going to do lunch? Or, um, you know, different things of all the decisions of the logistics. Getting them to own the trip, um, I found can be very, very valuable. So Mm -hmm. in that process, really helping them to... You know, they've all got phones. They've got MapQuest or, well, we had MapQuest. They now have Apple Maps Um, and and different things and so many different apps. I often learn so many things about how to be more efficient in planning a trip because these kids know apps on their phones way better than I do. Um, And so empowering them to make the decisions for Mm -hmm. their trip um, can be huge. Um, And especially then in the small group atmosphere. Um, if that's a part of, of your your structure. So yeah, that's some of the things that I love to do. I also think it's incredibly important, especially um, as the Bible studies are released for the theme to get conversations um, about the theme of in all things and from Colossians um, so that these kids can start to process Here's what I'm going to be learning and growing, and here's what I want to make from this experience. Um, Because you get as much out of the gathering as you give into it. And so, preparing these kids for that early on, and reiterating and hitting home that theme um, even before you get to Houston um, is big.
1: There's some key things that those preparatory meetings can do in terms of building community and ownership, gauging excitement, um, and really centering them in Christ's word and and in and then the theme that have um, I also love that you included some meetings where uh, you're involving parents and even younger yep. siblings mm-hmm. um, if, if they're available to be a part of that because I and we'll talk about this in, a, in another podcast in this series with Alan talking about incorporating uh, parents really like uh, parents need to kind of have a sense of what this is and that also helps them have some context for um, answer or asking questions when they come back and and knowing how to um, encourage that young person as they return and back from the gathering as well, if they kind of have a sense of what's going on at the event, and for younger siblings to get excited about yes. it as well.
2: I um, love one of my favorite events, is that usually, um, like even two years before the gathering, I've done this before, um, where you just have like a lunch after church and show them a video um, and say, here's what's coming up in youth ministry. You guys might want to remember this, but I love having younger siblings there because then they often will remember that. And then, you know, six years later when it's their turn to go to a youth gathering, they're like, oh, I remember that video. That looked like so much fun. You know, so it's never too early to start promoting and reminding these kids and these parents, here's what this event is and why we go and why it's important for you too.
1: And as you mentioned in your preparation process, you get some youth involved in some meaningful contributions in ways that they serve. Mark, I know that that was true for you when you were headed to the gathering as a teenager. Uh, Where are some good spots that you've seen at teens engage in, in that service and leadership? And why is that important?
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, Annie touched on certain of that that stressful time or that um, challenge that can be around fundraising. But I know that was one area where I was really blessed to have adult leaders, and our primary adult leader that got us involved in those processes. And that actually helped us build a relationship with our congregation too. Some of the funds came from there, but we do community fundraisers as well. And so it you know helped us walk through those steps of asking for donations and building relationships with people and how do you represent the church when you go out and do that. Um, and I know we, uh, I, I specifically remember a luncheon that we didn't make as much money, but uh, someone wrote a, Check for like two hundred fifty dollars for like a bowl of gumbo, just to try to make up the difference and say like, hey, we we trust you, we 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 want to invest in you. Um, we know it didn't go as expected, but yeah, we still want to make this fundraising. Um, Some of that was a success, and so again, we saw that investment that was being made by adults in our church to to show that love and support for us. But we were really able to to build our um, leadership opportunities and to see where our growths were to like how what roles did we take on the team and bringing together an event like that. I um, mean, along the way too. I mean, Annie touched on this. I know our group was great about sitting down and talking about planning, and so. Uh, Letting us give in ideas. um, And I'll say, I'll show my age a little bit. This was well before MapQuest. Uh, So there was much more research that had to go into finding those places we wanted to go. And really to understand like that more more, uh, planning you did, the more we'd be able to enjoy the day's down at the gathering and to be able to take some of that stress off, have our meals figured out, have um, those events before and after the gathering we wanted to do figured out. So we weren't wasting time making decisions when you're in a brand new city and you just want to be out and enjoying it. And so we really spent a lot of time researching and conversing and voting maybe a little bit, um, but then also allowed us to be delegated really some important roles in that whole process. So we kind of came together as a little family unit that way um, and to be able to take on those roles and, and understand again, how we work together as the body of Christ in that place. So that was really a great learning opportunity for me. And, I, and through it all too, our delegates leaders were great and really stressing to understand like this is how your home church is investing in you by these fundraisers, by giving you this opportunity. And it was a privilege to be able to go on that event. And that was really uh, neat for me too.
1: Yeah, it's so important for that preparation process to not just be about the hard and fast logistics of like, yeah. this is how we're getting there. This is where we're staying. This is where we're going to eat. But like, how are we in the process of that diving into God's word together, building mm-hmm. those relationships, finding ways to have young people serve and lead the strategy to that has a lasting impact, again, beyond those five days, mm-hmm. if you're incorporating all of that into the preparation process.
0: So we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about that uh, piece that you brought up beforehand, and that's fundraising. Um, if you want to listen more specifically about fundraising, you can go back to episode 25 where we talk about that. And gathering fundraising can be hard, especially after this past year that we've been through with congregations not maybe gathering, not being able to do those events that they traditionally would have done um, maybe two years out. Um, and so you maybe feel like you got a shortened schedule to be thinking about doing this fundraising for an event like the gathering or, or whatever you might be doing here in the future it, within the terms of youth ministry. So, Annie, what are just some things maybe to keep in mind when it comes to fundraising and maybe as specifically a light of what we're coming out of after the pandemic?
2: Yeah, I would say um, the first thing that you got to do is pray about it, right? And get your kids involved with praying over your fundraising too, because I think that that is huge because God can move mountains and he can raise all the money and you've got to trust him, but it's about praying about it, right? So that that's a big thing for me is that we always pray over our fundraisers, even before we start planning them, um, just to ask God to provide for our needs, mm. Um, but there are so many resources, um, that we have provided, um, especially on that Facebook group. I think Julianne, I think it was you that posted about send me your creative fundraising ideas. Um, like you wanted to get to a hundred and I think we have 103, right? Um, we
1: ended up with 105, nice. but there's 103 on the sheet. Um, and, and super yes. creative, right? Like, we sell a whole lot of different kinds of foods. I mean, just from people got to noodles to fruit to, I mean, just uh, some people had really, really creative ideas. Um, and hopefully people can look at that list and go like, oh, I had never thought of that. But that actually could work really well for us. Um, even if I can't There's social distancing right. still, or even people are a little nervous about gathering in big groups still. Yeah.
2: yeah. I was just amazed at the creativity of all of us in those those posts and things. It was really cool. Um, I would also suggest to really work in conjunction with your congregation's leadership so that your fundraising and your fundraising um, structure and philosophy matches with the plans of the greater congregation. You don't want to kind of fight against some of that. So seek some intentional um, expectations and have those conversations with your senior pastor and your leadership um, so that you can make sure that you're all on the same page and that they support you as well. Um, and here's a big thing too, is that we kind of assume that people will be generous, that we make almost twice as much money um, on our annual bake sale than we did when it was a freewill donation. than when we spent the time and energy to put price tags on things, right? Um, there are a lot of times where our, our people God's people are generous. And I think that in this season, Mm -hmm. post-pandemic, that is even going to be more true. Um, I think because people, even though they might be a little bit more cautious with their spending, they're also going to see that our students need this. Um, especially after, you know, some significant time Mm -hmm. of social isolation. Um, I'm finding just in the last couple of weeks that my students are craving time together in person. Um, And so to kind of encourage your members Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, to hopefully hope and pray that they will be generous too, because I think that we might see that as a trend, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I have I found that to be true, mm-hmm. uh, that often we underestimate how generous people will. And part of that is being able, like you said, to be clear about why we're yes. doing this, to be clear about what we need in order to do it well, um, in order to, to have a, an experience that we want these kids to have. And what does that look like? Uh, and when put just that way, often people will be far more generous than we maybe give them credit for. Um, so, and there's uh, another piece that we ask most congregations to do, and that would be to have, uh, some kind of covenant. And so uh, your team helped put together two different pieces uh, that are on the adult leader resource page right now on making a covenant and then making specifically a technology covenant. So what is a group covenant and why are they an important part of the preparation process? So a group covenant is really the thing that like a contract, um,
2: but I like calling it a covenant because it's that relationship and it's that agreement between um, students, adult leaders, their church um, and they're God too, right? And so, um, for me, the covenant is critical both for behavior standards, expectations, um, and for them to understand. Here's how we hold each other accountable: that you can, um, with speaking the truth in love, hold up here accountable for something that bothers you or something that they're not um, doing that you guys all listed. I love gathering my students. Together, And one of the very first things that we do is we have a pre-gathering covenant, we have a gathering covenant and a post-gathering covenant in the sense of here's how we're going to behave when we're here together for these meetings. Here's how we're going to behave and how we're going to expect one another to live as the body of Christ at the gathering in this city Um, And then here's what we're going to do when we get home. Um, And so the gathering covenants for me are really, really important. And it's a step that I never ignore or forget um, because it also then helps you to, you know, be reminded at the gathering. I usually like to put it on like a giant piece of paper and then we write out all the things of here's what we do. Here's Mm -hmm. what we don't do. Always start with the positives. The negatives can wait because you, your your tendency is to want to say, we don't want to do this. Let's not do this. Let's not do that. But it's really all about what do we want to do? Who do we want to be? How do we want to witness our faith in this city? Um, and so I often will post that on my hotel room door in the hallway um, and make sure that there's no like residue that I won't damage the door. Um, <laughs> but that every then kid, as they walk by, sees that and, say, and maybe even sees their name signed on it. Sometimes I'll even have parents sign their name on it as well if they're staying home to say... I will hold my student accountable to this as well Um, to then be able to say, okay, remember that you're not holding on to this covenant right now. You're not living out what we said we would live out on this trip. Um, We expect more and let's, you know, it kind of helps a little bit in some of the um, discipline that you might need to do with kids that um, aren't doing what they should do, Um, but also Mm -hmm. then in helping them um, also own their own behavior. Um, I've also found that this is incredible with students to adults, um, on the trip. So like if I have an adult leader, who's just being a little too sarcastic, um, and the kids are not taking it as, as sarcasm, they're taking it as truth, um, that I can have a student, um, and the student often knows before I do to go to that, that adult leader and say, Hey friend, I love you, but you're not living by our, you know, minimal sarcasm, positive words and encouragement to one another
1: i think it's so interesting that like for every group there is some covenant thing that they'll come up with that is very specific to that group it could be a little thing it could be a big thing like i've had groups be like um uh, exactly have done that have said like we really don't like sarcasm that Mm -hmm. has a negative impact on our group and we know we get into that and so we're just not going to do it or um we don't eat at mcdonald's (laughs) like just a hard pass like we just don't want to eat at mcdonald's right or um like who gets to choose the music in the yes. car on the way there and on the way back, like determining seat setups. Oh, but some groups don't care right. about those things, right? It's it's for your group in big things, like how are we going to deal with conflict right. and how are we going to care for one another? How are we going to behave in terms of our dress and, right. our, you know, in public and all of those things, but also little things that help your group communicate yes. well.
2: Well, and I also think that the big things of safety, right, safety within your group of... Um, You know, I always like to send if I I love to give a little extra freedom for my students at this event when they are within the boundaries of um, the convention center or whatever is the main meeting space to say you can go and do what you want. Tell your small group leader or tell me where you're going to be. But I trust that you're going to be there. But I want them to always be in groups of two or three. I, no lone rangers, you know, and so I don't want them to be off wandering on their own because that's just simply not always safe. Um, and so I, I love the covenant because it also helps to reinforce their safety um, as well as all the fun stuff and the, the communicating well, the, the conflict resolution, all of that.
1: And there's also some great places in covenant building where you can build in your consequences, yes. right? So some things just have natural mm-hmm. behavioral mm-hmm. consequences. If if you're not in small yep. groups, you wander off by yourself, then you have to stick yep. to me for X number for X amount of time for 12 hours, for 24 hours, or whatever. But also, if these boundaries are crossed, then we're going to send yep. you home, right? Or if this happens, then. You you don't have this ability to go with us anymore, um, and that way it's upfront, it's ahead of time, and a young person knows like, hey, if this happens, or in parents too, if this mm-hmm. happens, then I'm I'll be going home, and that's not on the adult leader staff to decide that. But after yep. the
2: I often call those deal breakers, where I'll have like a little box on the big sheet that's on my my hotel room door, and it's a deal breaker, and be if, if these three things are broken, or any one of them. We might have to talk about this in a little more, more serious manner.
1: And the technology covenant is there to specifically handle things like cell phone usage, social media yes. usage. Um, that always comes up and it's different for every church and it's different at every uh, gathering because man has technology changed mm-hmm. since uh, the last, you know, even in the last <laughs> three years. Right. Since the last gathering. Uh and again, I love that you hold your adults accountable to yep. that co- covenant as well. I think for me, my kids were always calling me out on the technology covenant of like, Juliana, is your phone out? Why is your phone out? I'm like, I'm communicating with your parents. Um, but, like they, but like they knew to hold me accountable to making sure that I was doing that as well. Oh yeah,
2: totally. I, I love the technology covenant because it definitely reminds them what is appropriate use and what isn't. Um, and it helps them to actually then own their own appropriate use of technology. Because technology can be a beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's not It's not awful, but you've got to teach kids how to use it well. And this is one of those ways, especially within the context of an event like this, to do that.
1: So, Mark, this last year has brought a lot of disruption to travel uh, as we prepare for that and our ability to meet together. Anything you want to share with leaders about how we're planning of navigating a gathering hopefully continuing post COVID.
0: Absolutely. And yes, we know that Jesus is holding all things together as we continue to come out of this pandemic. And we are so thankful for many people God is using to provide the vaccine and treat those who are sick and and also hopefully get back to some sort of normalcy around our school in the fall, congregational connections and events like the gathering and know for one We've got key partners in our planning, um, especially in the city of Houston. Uh, we are blessed to have our Convention of Visitors Bureau, who keeps us informed on all things in the city, at our facilities, and in Harris County and the state. Um, so we're in a very good place there, and we give thanks for their effort and providing a safe and wonderful event for us. Um, we heard that they're moving forward to 100% capacity for events this summer, uh, certainly following the CDC guidelines and keeping a close eye on things, but we're, again, thankful for the progress that's being made till next summer. Uh, just a little bit kind of on, on our end, we've got very basic Information right now uh, on the website. Um, it just says we are not trying to make any. Big announcements or predictions right now in this place, you know, being over a year out. Uh, but we know things can change, and that we're not in control of every decision or policy that gets made as well. So we're doing our best to communicate and, and be there as a bridge for our adult leaders and congregations. So we ask for patience certainly as we work through all the information and decisions. But we do have some basic information out, um, and we'll continue to update that as we receive it. Now, no two, we will provide important updates at the time of registration. So when that time comes. We know there's going to be adult leaders wondering, youth are going to be wondering, parents are going to be wondering. We will provide more information at that time so you just kind of know where we're at and what we're planning towards to July of 2022. And we're planning probably another major update by January 1st of 2022 as well. So, you know, some groups will wait till register until then or to add people. We'll provide more information then, too. So this is just to help adult leaders kind of plan and communicate with youth participants and their parents as well. Um, and certainly if major decisions get made, we'll always up that, update that on the website. And then we'll give more and more information as we get closer to the event and just how that might work, if there are any precautions we need to take. But we just ask, again, as Annie talked about putting praying about fundraising, we ask for your prayers in this process, too. As we, um, you know you're praying over that, as you think about what does youth ministry look like in your local congregational context, we are as well for the gathering, to keeping everyone safe and have a, a great event in, in 2022. So thanks for all your prayers in that.
1: And we want to really encourage people to go to the website. You're going to see a lot of the resources that we already mentioned today, but then also keep checking back in as we update that with more information about our plans and the processes that we'll have uh, to make sure that everyone has a safe and healthy gathering, as well as one that is focused on Jesus. Uh, Our next big drop of adult resources is going to happen in August, and so uh, you just keep checking in. We'll continue to update those pieces as we go along. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Annie, for joining us um, and helping us to prepare for our 2022 youth gathering. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for having me. Planning for an event like the youth gathering is very different from congregation to congregation. Uh, And we give you some guidelines and ideas for things like travel, fundraising, and preparation pieces. We even give you some real hard deadlines. If Krista sets a deadline, absolute (laughs) deadline. But I don't feel pressure to lead your group just like another uh, church does right? Um, Every church plans and prepares for the event differently. Uh, At the heart of it, though, we want your preparation to center young people and the adult leaders in the theme and God's word, and to build relationships that will last during the event and far into the future, then ensure your experience is both joyful and safe.
0: And don't feel pressure if COVID has you feeling behind, uh, whether that's maybe how you've done it in the past, or maybe just what you'd like to do for an event like the youth gathering. Over the years of the gathering, many congregations have felt behind for a variety of reasons. And this might be a new feeling for you, but know that you have a lot of supportive adults who have been there before or might feel the same way as you as we prepare for 2022. And we are here to provide you encouragement and resources to assist you in the preparation, even if the timeline seems shorter than in the past. And just a reminder about fundraising to what we had said before, we have been blown away by how God works through the generosity of his people. You might be surprised by God's plan for your fundraising and the response of your congregation.
1: So a couple of closing questions as you think about how you're going to get into preparation for the 2022 gathering. First, have you joined the Facebook group? Have you joined the email list? (laughs) Have you checked the website? And have you subscribed to the podcast? And I'm not just saying that because we really like the podcast, (laughs) right? These are going to be the best ways for you to stay up to date on what's going on in the planning process.
0: Another question is, how can you make sure to center on God's word and engage in relationship building ahead of the gathering?
1: And finally, how can you encourage youth to own part of the planning process by giving them input and helping them to lead? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you make your preparations. There's a lot to do in terms of fundraising, travel arrangements, registration, and more. But at the heart of all of your planning, it is a desire to see young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. If you keep that at the center, all the other things will come together. And please keep us in your prayers as we continue to do our part of the preparation uh, for the Gathering for 2022 and the Gathering for 2025.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Engels Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry to find links to resources mentioned, go to KFUO.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.